This episode of Eat the Rules is brought to you by You on Fire. You on Fire is the online group coaching program that I run that gives you a step-by-step way of building up your self-worth beyond your appearance. With personalized coaching from me, incredible community support, and lifetime access to the program so that you can get free from body shame and live life on your own terms. Get details on what's included and sign up for the next cycle at summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I'd love to have you in that group. This is Eat the Rules, a podcast about body image, self-worth, anti-dieting and intersectional feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 183, and I am with Caitlin Ball, health and lifestyle coach. We are talking all about the misconceptions around what it means to eat what you want. We're talking about how to trust yourself around food, how to let go of guilt, and how to survive the messy middle part of learning to be an intuitive eater. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode at summerinandin.com forward slash 183. First, I want to give a shout out to Mommy of Sam who left this amazing review. What an amazing message from an amazing woman. I cannot get enough of my latest discovery of Summer Inanin. She is a treasure, either interviewing another insightful guest or on her own. If you're looking for the path to self-worth outside of physical appearance, look no further. I can't stop listening. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. And I just want to thank everyone who left a review recently. I know a couple episodes ago, I read the review where someone left me the one star review saying that I was so disrespectful and everything else. And, and then I I sort of saw like this flutter of positive ones come in. And um, I just want to say thank you, I noticed. And um, hopefully I will be able to read those ones in the near future on an episode. But it just it means it, it means a lot. It meant a lot to me that you did that. So thank you. And if you haven't left a review for the show, you can do that by going to iTunes, clicking ratings and reviews and click to leave a review. And if you're searching for this podcast, it is called Eat the Rules. So you type that into your search bar to get there. And you can also help support this show by subscribing. And you can do that via whatever platform you use, whether it's Spotify or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already done so, get the free 10-day body confidence makeover at summerinandin.com forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. I'm recording this intro on January 4th. uh, And, uh, and so happy new year. Happy new year. I know that an episode went live today or tomorrow. um, And I can't remember if I said happy new year in it. (laughs) I think I was just sort of like exhausted going into the holidays when I recorded the intro to that one. But um, happy new year. I hope that this year is better for you than last year. And I know that this time of year can be it can be kind of hard because we're coming out of the holidays and maybe we're feeling, you know, not so great just because we've been out of our normal routines. And maybe the holidays were a little bit strange and weird for you this year. It didn't really feel like a holiday. I know for me, um, I was sick for most of it. So that was super fun. (laughs) 
but that's like, that's typical. I'm always, I always get sick at Christmas. Like, I think my body just, as soon as I go into rest mode, my body just like shuts down. Um, I admittedly sort of burned myself out for the weeks leading up to it to get um, this project done that I'm working on. And, uh, and I think it just, it just caught up to me. And so that it wasn't what I wanted or expected, but at the same time, I was able to appreciate the the kind of slower pace of it this year because uh, I don't live near my family. We usually travel uh, back across the country to see our families at Christmas, and we didn't do that this year. But whenever we travel back, like it's just chaos. Like I come back from that, and I'm like, oh my god, I need a break. And so we didn't have that this year, which was really sad and unfortunate. But it was really kind of slow and nice and nice not to have like the chaos of having to be somewhere and seeing a ton of people every day, which as an introvert can be (laughs) really overwhelming and draining. Um, And I was sick anyway. So it would have been like a total bust if I had tried to travel, even though we just couldn't do that uh, this year. That was my holiday. Hopefully yours was better. But I did get a few good days toward the end when I felt better again, and was able to relax and uh, started watching Golden Girls again, uh, read a couple books, discovered like some like funny dog Instagram accounts, like really productive stuff (laughs) that um, actually was really nourishing for me. And so I was really happy about that. But Golden Girls is really sexist. uh, In case you haven't rewatched it, I, I grew up watching it. And I can tell you now that, wow, wow, like there is some real, you know, just upholding of beauty standards and fat phobia and just internalized sexism amongst the behavior of the characters. And I was just, uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's still funny. Like I'm still going to watch it, but I realized like, wow, this is all the stuff that shaped my beliefs as a kid. No wonder I was so messed up. Anyways, mm-hmm. hopefully the times are changing a little bit slowly. We chip away, but, uh, it was, it's interesting to always watch those old shows and sort of think like, oh my God, like, no wonder I had no self-esteem. Like this is what shaped the way I felt about myself. Okay, well, why don't we dive into this episode? Uh, This one's great. And I wanted to schedule it in January because as I said, I know some of us are coming out feeling a little bit out of our routines. There's temptations to diet. January is always like reset time for people. And I'm putting that in quotation marks with a barf emoji beside it. But you know, you don't have you can do what you want. (laughs) So I mean, if you want to like, get into some kind of routine or do something for yourself or set resolutions, like it's totally your choice, you can do what you want to do. But if you don't feel like doing that, that's okay, too. And I'm certainly not one to do that. Uh, That's just January is never when I feel motivated to do stuff to make changes. Like I always just sort of go into it like, being like, oh God, I got to slog through this month because the weather here is terrible and I just don't feel good. But the springtime comes and I'm like, yeah, let's, let's make some changes or do some stuff. In any event, um, if you're, you know, trying to eat intuitively or struggling with eating what you want, you can be, you know, you can kind of have like guilt and um, still sort of struggle with trusting yourself around food and maybe have questions about like eating what you want, being like, for example, am I just going to keep eating pizza all the time? Like, you know, maybe you have hesitations or fears or questions about that. And so Caitlin's answering all those things on this week's podcast. It's awesome. I think it'll just make you feel a little bit better about where you're at and the fact that it's it's a bit of a tough process, but you can do it and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. So let's get started with that. 
Caitlin Ball is a health and lifestyle coach helping women quit dieting so they can finally trust their food choices, be confident in their bodies, and love their lives. Through her Quit Dieting for Good group program, one-on-one coaching, and local workshops, she teaches women how to eat intuitively and take care of their whole self inside and out. She can't live without dark chocolate or red wine and doesn't think anyone should have to. To learn more about Caitlin and her work, listen to her podcast, Quit Dieting for Good, and grab her seven-step guide to kick dieting to the curb on her website at caitlinball.com. And I link to that in the show notes for you as well. Let's get started with the show. Hello, Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Summer. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. And because people, you know, they're just listening to this, you are 32 weeks pregnant too, which is exciting. I am. So if I sound out of breath, that is why. Like I can barely catch my breath these days, but it's okay. Yes, I totally, I remember that feeling very well. That was actually the very first sign that I knew I was pregnant was I was just, I was walking down the sidewalk and I was out of breath and I was like, what is going on? I've had this out of shape. (laughs) It was so, yeah, it was one of the oddest things. And that was honestly like probably, I don't even know, just like a week or two after, um, conception so it was it was strange but yes it really does change your blood pressure and everything else the body does weird things (laughs) yeah yeah well for those um this is your first time on the show so i'd love you to tell people just a little bit about who you are and how'd you get into this work Sure. Yeah. So I'm Caitlin Ball. I am a health and lifestyle coach and I focus on teaching women about intuitive eating and get them off the dieting roller coaster, teach them how to love their body and take care of themselves from a more loving place as opposed to a a punishing place. (laughs) And I, I was a dieter. So I, I dieted starting at the age of 12. I did Weight Watchers was my <laughs> was my go-to, uh, always counting those those points and calories and um, whatever, you know, they switched off of between the years. Uh, and my mom had done that. She had been a Weight Watchers consultant for a little bit. And so, you know, when I became more realized more that I was a little bit chubbier as a 12 year old. That's when I asked her what to do. And that's what she knew best at the time. So it kind of started my, my long, long winded journey of on and off diets. And I tried them all. I tried the juice cleanses. I tried the last diet I ever did was whole 30, even though that says food freedom on the cover, which I think is so funny. And yeah, it's just the hardest, the worst part about it was just every time I was on a diet, I just had this hope that I could lose the weight and I could keep it off and that I would finally be the confident version of myself that I wanted to be. And then when I couldn't handle it anymore, I felt so guilty every time I ate food that I wanted to eat, like pizza and <laughs> M&Ms and ice cream and stuff that, um, would not have been allowed or would have been way too many points on a diet. And so it was just exhausting. And I didn't even realize how exhausting it was because it was just, just such a normal part of our, our culture. And there's a lot of other people were doing it. I was doing it with friends. So that part was fun. The, the big catalyst for change for me was kind of a couple things at once, but the biggest thing was I moved to Europe. My husband got a job in Switzerland and I noticed that 
the diet, there wasn't really a diet culture. <laughs> like it, it wasn't so prominent like it is in the States and probably Canada too. And women were just eating pizza and pasta and not really talking about, oh, I'm, I'm only doing this because I'm off my diet today. And if they were having a salad, they weren't ordering their dressing on the side. And it just, it wasn't a topic of conversation. And I remember being at like a book club and this woman was gluten-free, but she was, she was trying gluten-free out because she uh, really thought that she might have like an autoimmune disease. And I had only heard of people doing gluten-free because they were trying to lose weight on a certain diet. So it was just, um, yeah, I just, I just saw this other way of eating that I'd never seen before. So that was the first thing. And I also, we had a lot more vacation in the, in the States. We had like two weeks vacation in Europe. We had six weeks of vacation and we lived so close that we could train places on the weekend. And I was like, so used to going on vacation and eating everything, you know, just eating all the things, you know, dieting leading up to vacation, eat all the things on vacation and then diet when you come home. Yes. (laughs) When you're on vacation all the time and when you're taking all these fun weekend trips, I was going to be on a diet every time I was back in Zurich where we were living and I didn't want to do that. So um, I wanted to go and enjoy pasta in Italy and, you know, chocolate croissants in France and just like, feel normal and not stuff myself, but, and come back and, and not feel gross. So all this was happening around the same time. And then I found an intuitive eating course and it just seemed like it seemed too good to be true. Eat whatever you want (laughs) and, you know, still feel good in your body. But at the same time, I was desperate for something different. And I, I could kind of tell that something that there was a different way of life because of what I'd been witnessing. So I took that course and I, I changed my relationship with food and realized I could eat whatever I wanted. And, but I also figured out what foods my body did want to eat and started eating from a place of, of choice rather than, uh, you know, my personal inner knowing rather than other outside influences telling me what to do and started moving my body in ways that were fun instead of just for the sole purpose of burning calories. And it was just really life-changing for me. And so that's when I, when I went to health coaching school and learned about it and uh, learned more about how to teach this to other women. And and here I am five years later. (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. I love how um, the, the travel was sort of like the catalyst for you, you know, seeing that there's a different way and that there can be cultures where it's not so like heavily embedded into the overall lifestyle for, for the, you know, for the, for most people. Yeah. No. And I mean, in a lot of these countries, like you can't get specialty foods, (laughs) you know, it was like just the Starbucks was just starting to have alternative milks in Switzerland when I arrived. And so it's like, all these things, these diet foods and whatnot that America is so has everything, you know, keto this and paleo that and <laughs> everything's labeled with whatever, like they, you just don't even see it there. So it's, it's cool though. That's good. Yeah, it is. It is refreshing. That is very true when I kind of think about that. That's awesome. Well, I, I would love to just sort of get into, you know, your, your advice and, 
some of the stuff that you teach to to people about how to quit dieting, you you know, you talked about like this concept of eating whatever you want, and how it just seems like too good to be true. And I feel like there's like a too good to be true side of it. And then there's also a terrified side of it, like what? And so I'd love for you to talk about just some of the like common misconceptions that are out there about eating what you want. Yeah, totally. No, it is. It's a scary one. It, for me, I was so excited when she, when I was in this course and got permission to eat whatever I want. And I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm very trusting of people. So I think she told me that it was going to work. And I was like, OK, let's do it. But then I have a lot of clients now that it's very scary for them to just like <laughs> go out and eat all these formerly restricted foods. So I think the big thing to learn is at the beginning when you're eating whatever you want, you might eat a little bit more than your body needs or might eat foods that don't make you feel your best. But it's a process to get these foods off a pedestal. These foods do not need to be on a crazy pedestal that they're they're better or worse than other foods. You know, I just had a client last week said she's just starting out and she she got this um this cupcake at a coffee shop that looked so good that she would have never let herself have otherwise. And she ate it and she realized, wow, I don't even like this that much. So it's, you know, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you're going to absolutely love the foods, but it's just realizing that all food is food and you get to choose when and what you want to eat instead of having these outside sources tell you when and what to eat. And I think the biggest misconception is that people are going to eat pizza and ice cream all day long, every single day. People truly believe <laughs> that if they are allowed to eat these foods, they are going to just not be able to stop. And that might be the case at the very beginning. But pretty soon, when you eat pizza every day for three weeks, you're going to be a little sick of it. <laughs> I can tell you from... I mean, I didn't do it every day for three weeks, but I can tell you from experience that once it was allowed all the time, you just start to want a variety of foods again. And the other biggest thing about eat what you want is you also eat how you want to feel is the biggest thing I like to remind people. I, you know, recently I've been having more, you know, pregnant. So I've been having more, um, ice cream cravings. And I have eaten a lot of ice cream throughout this pregnancy, especially because of summer and whatnot. But I, we've been going, anytime we are on a drive, we, we go to In-N-Out. And the first two times we got In-N-Out, I also got a milkshake. And this weekend, and the past couple times we've been to In-N-Out, I haven't gotten a milkshake because the first two times I got a milkshake on top of eating In-N-Out, I felt terrible. <laughs> I felt really terrible afterwards. And now the milkshake doesn't even sound good to me because I relate it to how I felt after eating the burger and the milkshake. You know, I can have a milkshake in the afternoon for a snack. <laughs> Sometimes I've even had it for dinner lately because it's like, well, my stomach can't have that much, so I really want a milkshake. <laughs> but anyways, it's you start to relate when when it's on your own terms, you start to realize that 
oh, I don't want that because of how it makes me feel. (laughs) I don't want to eat that much of that because I don't want to feel overly stuffed because I don't like that feeling. I hate that feeling now. And I used to have it all the time when back when I was dieting because, you know, Thanksgiving rolled around, Christmas rolled around. I was going to eat all the food because the diet was coming in January. And so I would feel uncomfortably stuffed multiple times throughout those couple months. And now I go through the holidays and sure, maybe once in a while I eat a little bit too much, but, but generally I don't want that feeling. So I don't eat too much. So it just, yes, you do get to eat what you want, but you start to realize what you really want when it comes to food and when it comes to how you want to feel and what you want for your life. Like you want, you want energy, even if it's not making you feel terrible, like not giving you a stomach ache, but maybe you just feel a little tired. Well, that's not going to help you reach your life goals. Like that's not going to help me have the energy to do the work I want to do this afternoon because to grow my business or whatever. And so you, you're taking so much more into consideration, but it's all based off of your own wants and needs and desires. I like how you said that this like still happens to you. <laughs> like that it happens, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? That it's like, totally. yeah, that it's not like a one and done process. It's like, it's like, okay, you, you like wanted the milkshake and you had it and like, you know, did it a couple times. And then, and both times you were like, oh, like this is, you know, doesn't make me feel good. So then like the next time around you were able to, you know, make a, a choice to really honor you feeling better. And I think that that's like really important for people to understand is that, you know, to that it, it's not perfect, <laughs> you know, and you're gonna, and to like really kind of treat it as a learning experience. And, and then, you know, the, the other thing too, with that is that, like, when you are giving yourself permission with foods, you're, you're less likely to like, really, eat to a point where it doesn't make you feel good because you're more well fed and you're not having those like intense cravings because something's been deprived from you for so long too. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, You just, yeah, (laughs) being more fed and more satisfied on a regular basis is going to make it so much easier to, to, to stop eating when you are full. And yeah, you're so right about that's the thing I love about intuitive eating is there is no black and white. There is no good or bad. It's just everything that happens is you can just use it as a learning experience. And, and sometimes like for me, it had to happen twice. The first time I thought maybe it was just a fluke. (laughs) And then the second time I was like, Nope, definitely, definitely the milkshake is what ruined it for me. So you is, you're just going to have that happen. But the, I think the best thing you can do for yourself is not, beat yourself up about it and just let it be, let it be feedback, let it be learning. And then it's so much easier to move on and be able to make a choice that's better for you next time rather than, you know, if you do beat yourself up, it might be, yeah, you might want to go restrict again or the other way where you're feeling bad about yourself and then you're going to eat all the foods and, and that doesn't help anything. So just, it happens and Oh, look at that. I did not feel good. How could I do that differently next time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to actually ask you about is like how to overcome that guilt. And so it really is about like staying curious and just really looking at it in a non judgmental way instead of like I did a bad thing here. Exactly. Yeah. And I think 
I mean, the other thing about guilt is really examining why you feel guilty in the first place. Like what, what are those stories that you have in your head that are causing you to feel this guilt around this food? You know, what diet told you that you weren't allowed to eat bread (laughs) and think about that diet and think about like you then from there, write down or, or just kind of come to a realization of all the ways that that is not true. So bread has been really beneficial to me during this time. You know, before I ran a marathon, eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich made my body so good and energized before that run. So it's not true in every single scenario. So that's one thing to start with for guilt is, is really realizing the beliefs that are causing the guilt in the first place. And then when you do have those moments where maybe you do feel guilty afterwards or, or maybe you're just not feeling good in your body, like, like I said with the milkshake, like, or, you know, you've eaten something that's made you really bloated. It's just, yeah, really taking it as, okay, this is what happened. And, and what I did when I first started out with intuitive eating, I had a journal where every single day I wrote down, I didn't write down the foods I ate. I mean, maybe I wrote down some of the foods I ate, but, but really the journal was about, um, how I was feeling and what was coming up for me while I was eating and just trying to, to notice any patterns. And so, you can take those moments where you might have felt guilty and write it down, see what was going on in your head and see how the foods were actually making you feel. So then you can use that information later on that uh, it is going to help you because just like doing anything new, you have to, you have to have mistakes in order to, to improve. And that's, that's what's going to happen. So any mistake is just like, okay, cool. I'm going to use that to, to know better for next time. And I think, um, that's, it's part of the learning process. So if you can just keep reminding yourself over and over again, this is part of the process. (laughs) I have to go through this. I have to try these foods and, and see how they make me feel. And even if I feel a little guilty, I'll just, just keep going and, and, try something new next time or try it again with a new mindset and and go from there. Yeah, that's so important. And I think that, you know, so one of the questions that you always hear people say uh, when you talk about like eating whatever you want is what about health? Like what about health? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what's your response to that? (laughs) Oh, health. (laughs) It's, It's such a funny thing because like, people, yeah, I get, I get so mad (laughs) scrolling through Instagram and, and looking at people's posts about you need to eat this and that, you need to do this and that. And because there is so much more to health than just what you are eating. And I, I just actually did an Instagram post on this last week. Like here in California, we've had the wildfires. And so there was three weeks where we were stuck indoors And this is on top of a pandemic. So being stuck indoors during a pandemic, I can't go to the movie theater. I can't go shopping in the mall. Like (laughs) we're like stuck inside our house. And uh, so I was really depressed. (laughs) It was really, really hard and really frustrating. And I, I have not felt worse 
in those than I had in those three weeks during throughout this whole pandemic. And so I was comparing it to in my post of like, I, you know, maybe during this pandemic, I've eaten more baked goods. I've probably moved less. I've probably, um, I've eaten way more takeout <laughs> than normal because my, my desire to cook is less because I don't, I'm so tired of dishes, but these things did not mess with my health. What messed with my health was not getting sunshine, not being able to breathe fresh air, <laughs> like, you know, the feeling of being trapped in that felt so awful to me. And so I just, anytime people talk about health, I just have to remind them that there's so much more to health than your physical health and your mental health is really, really important. And if you are constantly stressed out about food, if you're constantly stressed out about how your body looks, this is deteriorating your health. Stress is a huge, huge factor <laughs> to how healthy you are. So uh, you just have to remember that. And another part of it too is, yes, you you eat what you want and you're going to eat more pizza at the beginning. You're going to, or whatever you're, I love pizza. So <laughs> that's why I always use this as an example, but you might eat more foods that, you know, don't have as many nutritional benefits as as a kale salad, but eventually you're going to have this nice variety, uh, because your, your body craves a variety. It craves nutrients. It's going to tell you what it needs on a regular basis. And so you kind of balance these needs and wants on top of <laughs> feeling less stressed because you're not so stressed about the food piece. You're not so stressed about the body piece. And that's where, you're going to feel more healthy. That is a, a good combination. So just, uh, yeah, just remember that when, when you're thinking about health is that health is more than just my physical body. And if I am feeling stressed and unhappy every single day, because I am not allowing myself to eat the chocolate chip cookies when I want the chocolate chip cookies, that is actually a lot more detrimental to my health than actually just eating a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the Braving Body Shame Conference. The Braving Body Shame Conference begins January 18th, 2021, just in time to fight the noise of the new year, new you bullshit. There are 27 videos with amazing speakers touching on all sorts of body image related subjects, including failed weight loss surgery, body grief, eating disorders, and cultural expectations. There are two options to register, a totally free option where you get access to the videos for 24 hours, and there's, there's an upgraded paid option that is $59 Canadian, which means it's like really cheap in US dollars, um, that includes downloadable videos and a work book that has reflection and action prompts to help you in your journey long after the conference is done. You can register at bravingbodyshame.com. Yeah, totally. And like I, for so many people, I think they're in a much less healthier position physically and mentally when they're dieting, because if you're not giving your body enough food or macro certain macronutrients if you're depriving yourself of those like that can impact so much i know for me like i was if you looked at what i was doing through the lens of like wellness you'd probably be like 
wow, like she must be the most healthy person. And yet uh, (laughs) my physical health was at the worst that it had ever been because it was all Mm. just rooted in dieting. And there was a lot of deprivation there, but because diet culture puts that on a pedestal from an outsider's perspective who wasn't, you know, was aligned with diet culture's way of thinking it would, it would have appeared healthy and it was the farthest thing from it. And I think that it's really about kind of, you know, changing the way that you view health, as you said, and and really looking at Mm -hmm. it from a much broader perspective and, uh, and not looking at it based on like these scripts that we've been handed down from diet culture. Yeah. And I think once you finally also let go of dieting and you do allow all foods, like we talked about before, like you're not going to have nearly as many binge sessions of, you know, whatever you call it, but those days where you eat way too much and then you go back on this restrictive diet, like that is really hard on your body (laughs) to eat too much all at once. And then the next day, not eat enough. And that is, is really hard on your body. So even if you are having a couple weeks in a row where you eat perfectly clean, air quotes, clean, you know, like um, for a couple weeks, but then it's not sustainable and then you eat way too much afterwards. It, yeah, that, that has physical health. That's not physically good for your, or not good for your physical health either. So there's just so much that goes into it. But I truly believe that intuitive eating is, the healthiest way to eat. And I believe, especially because intuitive eating is how you were, you were born to eat. <laughs> you know, yesterday I asked my son if he wanted to go get ice cream and he's like, no, not now later. <laughs> he's just like, you know, because I haven't put ice cream on a pedestal that he's just like, eh, I don't feel like it right now. Like it's not a big deal to him. Um, so it's, it's just funny that your kids are, grown up intuitive eaters. And then, um, I mean, as adults and parents, you have to kind of help, help it along a little bit, but, but for the most part, they know how much they need and when to stop. And then the the problem is when diet culture gets in the way. Yeah. I could not get my son to try ice cream for the longest time. Like, he was just like, Look, what, what, whose kid are you? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the funniest thing. And then, um, yeah, it's so interesting to witness kids and, and, and with the knowledge that we have and to see and be like, oh, like we were all born this way. That's so amazing um, with, the, with that ability. One of the things I wanted to ask you was um, like you mentioned doing Weight Watchers. And I'm wondering, like, were you know, do, do you can you still look at a food and know how many points is in it? Or like, did that ever go away? And what do you tell people who who really struggle with that? Because like for me, I did the zone diet for a, a long time. Like I could tell you how many, like they use blocks instead of points. It's all the same. Okay. Crap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so like, I, I mean, I still know that stuff, but I, you know, I, I, I'm just curious to know about you. <laughs> this is the, the I, same thing. I'm totally, I, I was a finance major. Like I'm a numbers person. So like I, I can tell you the calorie counts to everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how do you, how did you get that? Out, like, how do you get that out of your head? Or like, what do you tell people to, to do about that? I think the biggest thing is, well, the biggest thing for me was to realize first off that 1200 calories a day or whatever, you know, whatever my fitness pal, you know, it went for, for me, it went from Weight Watchers to my fitness pal. Cause I liked the, the online thing later, but, um, 
whatever amount that they give you is not enough food at all. And, <laughs> at all. and I, I just slowly started to realize that those numbers meant nothing to me. And also the other thing about those numbers is like, your body reacts so differently to different foods that something with low calories that your body might not like, you know, like for me, if I eat too much cabbage, I'm going to feel so bloated and uncomfortable. And like, if I have cabbage and cauliflower at one meal, it's like, Ooh, my body is like, that's too much. <laughs> and so those might be the lowest calorie things yet. My body can't handle too much of them in one sitting. And so I think just starting to realize what foods my body likes and doesn't like and what foods just more of like how just tuning more into how those foods make me feel is just a much better gauge than calorie counts ever were. <laughs> I used to I I used to do so well on on these these diets and stick to the calorie counts. But, you know, a lot of times I, I wouldn't even lose the weight. And I think it was because I was eating hundred calorie packs, you know, like foods that my body didn't necessarily want and didn't necessarily feel its best on. So it's my metabolism wasn't working its best when it was eating those types of foods. So I think it's a slow process. <laughs> like I can still tell you the calorie counts of all these things, but I, you just get to a point where you stop caring because you've just realized that they have nothing to do with how it's going to make you feel and how, um, it, it just doesn't matter. I feel like when I see calories now and it's weird, you know, having lived in Switzerland and now coming back and there's calorie, you know, any restaurant you go to that shows the calorie counts, which is just so stupid to me. <laughs> but it's just um, I just realized that I I can feel great not having to count calories and everybody can feel great not having to count calories. And I don't think there's a certain amount of calories that can be represented across the board to even pick and choose that number. Like how do you, you can't pick and choose that number. And, and our bodies are so different day to day. Every day is different. Some days you're really hungry. Some days you are not hungry at all. And if you don't have something telling you, this is how many calories you should have, then you are going to be able to listen to that and go with that. And I, I just remember the days when I had like leftover calories even if I wasn't hungry, I'd be like, Ooh, okay, well, what can I eat and, and finish off my calories. And then there's days that my calories would be done at like three o'clock. And I'd be like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> what am I going to do the rest of the day? I don't have any calories left to eat. So it just takes time and it takes a lot of getting to know your body better and realize and slowly, but surely you just realize that they just don't matter. Yeah. What an awful way to live, to run out of calories at 3 p.m. <laughs> so terrible, exactly. right? That like, oh. would usually be when I would like throw in the towel and be like, well, I already ruined my day, so I might as well go eat a giant burrito. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, last thing I just wanted to touch on before we wrap up is is just like, you know, talking about kind of that initial stage where you're giving yourself permission to eat foods and maybe your body starts to change or you start to kind of get a bit fearful and you want to go back to dieting again. Like what's your advice to people in that stage? Like the messy middle, I guess <laughs> I've called it. Yeah, before, that yeah. messy middle. That's the hardest part. And that is the one where I'm so glad 
that I'm like working with clients on because this is, this is a part where people turn around so often if they don't have support to like tell, keep going. (laughs) But that, um, that part is when you have the choice to, to believe and trust this process that you will get over this hump. And when you do get over this hump, when you, yeah, maybe you are starting to feel uncomfortable in your body, but you are at that point where you've stopped, started letting go of restrictions and you are to the point where you can start feeding your body based on how you want to feel. Like I've been talking about, you know, the beginning stages, you're, you're eating what you want for fun to take these foods off the pedestal. And that's when sometimes you start to feel not so great in your body, but that's when you make the transition into, okay, I don't feel great in my body. Now I know all these foods are allowed, but now that all foods are allowed, every single one of them, what do I want to eat to make me feel the way that I want to feel? And that is what you have to do at that stage and start realizing, okay, I think that I might need a salad for lunch today. That would make me feel more energized this afternoon. I I remember that for me, that was the big turning point when I actually was like, wow, okay, I'm kind of craving a salad because I'm craving the lightness that a salad gives me (laughs) and it makes my body feel. I don't want to take a nap this afternoon. I am too young to take daily to have to take daily naps. Naps are great. Don't get me wrong. When you need a nap, take a nap, but but you shouldn't have to have them every single day if you're able to get, get a good night's sleep. So how can I change my food to allow me to feel more energized while still getting to eat foods that I want to eat? And sometimes too, that's like having like a little bit of pasta with a big salad on the side. I love my, one of my favorite meals is a fun salad with all the fixings and a side of French fries because like my taste buds want the French fries at well, I love salads too, but you know, like it, it's like that perfect combo of I'm going to feel great afterwards and I'm going to get to have all tasty things that I want to eat right now. So just, just stick with it and, and start to, to incorporate, add in some more foods that you know will make you feel good. And then slowly but surely you're going to get over that hump and start your food will start to normalize. You'll start to crave more variety and you'll start to see that your body is starting to, to find its happy place as well. Yeah. I think that that's the key is that it's, um, it's, it, you said like add foods. Like, I think that that's the key instead of thinking like taking stuff away, it's like looking to add stuff and then also not making it this or that, like the salad and French fries is like a perfect metaphor for, you know, not making it one or the other, but having things together. Yeah. Yeah. Just have, (laughs) have what you want and then also have what, what you think your body needs too. Yeah, exactly. That that combo, that, that balance that we all talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Which is a tricky word to throw around, but (laughs) it is, and you know, you're never going to be perfectly balanced. And I won't say never, but it's hard to, (laughs) to find the perfect balance at all times, but it is something to, to hopefully have on a somewhat regular basis. 
Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. So thank you so much for being here. Where can people find more of you? Yeah, I love being here. I love all your questions. I I also have a podcast called Quit Dieting for Good. Actually, Summer's episode is coming out this this week, but oh, cool. a couple of weeks before when <laughs> this episode comes out. And uh, I'm on Instagram every day, pretty much at Caitlin Ball Health. So find me there and all my links are in there too. So those are the best two places. Nice. Well, thank you so much. It was so lovely to chat with you. And I know it's always hard to uh, do stuff when you're getting towards the super pregnant stage. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Okay. This part is fun. It's the... <laughs> taking the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the admin test. I don't want to do this. Uh, this is great. Thank uh, you so much that. for having me, Summer. Thank you. Rock on. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation here and I hope it made you feel better about where you're at in this journey and gave you some helpful tips on how to uh, just feel more comfortable with the process of eating the things you want to eat and any doubts that you have around that. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode at summerinandin.com forward slash 183. I will be talking to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Rock on. I'm Summer Inanen, and I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Summer Inanen. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts, search Eat the Rules, and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on.